Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is Sean Barnes, and together with my beautiful wife, Robin, we serve in the full-time ministry in the Queens region of the New York City Church. Um, welcome, everyone, to our online worship service. It's an honor for me to deliver today's message. Uh, Phil did an excellent job uh, starting us off with our new series, Jesus Said. It's a timely series uh, to remind us um, that Jesus said things that really have an impact on our lives. When we read the New Testament, we see that Jesus was no ordinary person. He presents himself as the Son of God, and he demonstrated authority over every disease and sickness. In Acts 17, verse 31, the Apostle Paul said, uh, when he was speaking to his Athenian listeners, he said, For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Paul told his listeners that God had appointed Jesus to be the, the final judge of all humanity. We believe not only has Jesus spoken, but we believe that Jesus still speaks. And his words we're going to study today are life. And we need to make sure that we are listening carefully to the things that Jesus has told us. Today's topic is whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Um, before we dive into the text we're going to study today, I want to take you back uh, to a song that was released by the hip-hop artist Eminem in 2002. The name of the song is Lose Yourself. And in this song, Eminem expresses his, uh, his struggles with trying to establish himself as a legitimate hip-hop artist. He speaks of having moments of, of great anxiety and, I guess, fear uh, when he's on the stage um, trying to perform. Um, but he sort of coaches himself through those moments and he, he tells himself that he's, he's got to really forget about um, what he's feeling and what he's thinking if he's really going to capture uh, this, this moment that's in front of him, this opportunity that's in front of him. And I love the chorus. It, it goes like this. It says, you better lose yourself in the music the moment you own it. You better never let it go. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Now, of course, Eminem, uh, obviously, he, he said this a lot better than I did. Um, he expresses himself a lot better. Um, it's his song. But when I heard that song, it, the, the message in that song really resonated with me back in 2002. Why? Because 14 years earlier, I had heard a similar message. The message I heard was that if I wanted to have an opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus, I would need to lose myself. That message had such a profound impact on me uh, that it, I, I ch it changed the whole course of my entire life. Looking back, the decision to lose myself in order to gain Christ was the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. 
The one who spoke those words to me was Jesus Christ himself, which leads us to the text that we're going to study today. It's found in Matthew 16, verses 21 to 28. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. And you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels. And then He will reward each person according to what they have done. So that's the text, and the words we're going to focus on in today's lesson are found in verse 25. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What's going on in this passage? Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and he says that when he arrives, something very terrible is going to happen. He predicts that he will suffer many things at the hands of the religious and civil authorities, and that he will be put to death. Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends, and he strongly objects to what Jesus is saying. Uh, he said, this is never going to happen to you, Lord. And then Jesus turns to Peter and gives him that famous rebuke that we all remember, get behind me, Satan. But the conversation doesn't end there. Jesus uses this incident to articulate what I believe to be one of the core tenets of the Christian faith. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever, if anyone, if anyone wants to follow Jesus, it doesn't matter who you are. It could be me or you. It could be the Pope. It could be the President of the United States or any other president. And yeah, even Mr. Creflo Dollar. If anyone wants to follow me, no one is above this teaching. They must. That word must means non-negotiable. You can't wiggle out of it. You can't get a free pass. You cannot procure an exemption for yourself. Everyone who wants to have a relationship with Jesus must deny themselves. They must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow Jesus. The cross for Jesus meant emotional pain, physical suffering, betrayal, and abandonment. These are experiences that we as human beings naturally, we want to avoid. 
We want to steer away from those experiences. And we heard it in Peter's voice. He did not want Jesus to suffer and for his life to end in that way. But to Jesus, the cross was an opportunity to provide redemption for all humanity. If we are truly following Jesus, we will come to a point where he wants us to either do something or to go somewhere where we simply may not want to go or that we simply do not want to do because our feelings are telling us something different. But we can't allow our feelings to dictate what we're going to do. We've got to get to the point where we can muster up the courage and tell ourselves no. To tell ourselves no. I am going to do what Jesus wants me to do regardless of how I feel. I got to tell myself no. You need to lose yourself in the moment. You own it. You better never let it go. You see, you have one shot, one opportunity to have this relationship with Jesus. And sometimes these opportunities come once in a lifetime. Jesus knows that when we hear such an expectation, there is something deep within us that causes us to pause and stop and question. Deny myself? Why? Then he gives us the answer. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Take a few minutes to think about what he just said. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. What's Jesus saying? Well, the one thing we protect is our lives. We have dreams and aspirations of who we want to be in the society that we live in. We spend a lot of time thinking about our career and where we want to live. Uh, we spend time contemplating how we're going to use our time. How are we going to use our money? Uh, what are we going to do with our bodies? We have dreams about uh, what social circles we, we, want to, we want to occupy. And these dreams and aspirations are not inherently wrong. I think it's, it's okay to think about these things. But what happens, what happens when you find out that there is something about the life that you've built for yourself that is actually creating maybe a, an impenetrable wall between you and Jesus. What happens when you discover that there's something that you are actually doing that's creating a wall between you and Jesus? Now, you may not be aware of that wall, but it's there. And it's affecting your relationship with, with the Messiah, with the Christ with your Savior. What do we do when we find out that there's a wall? Well, we have a choice to make. We can either continue building our lives, doing the things that 
we think are best for ourselves or we, we can decide it's time to lose our life. It's time to give up some things in order to gain Jesus. He says, whoever loses their life for me will find it. Whoever loses their life for me. That's, that's the key word, for me. What's at stake is a relationship with him. And this is an inviolable truth of the Christian faith. No one gains a relationship with Christ without having to give something up of themselves. We give up our lives to gain a better life with Jesus. This message of losing your life is very challenging for our generation. Uh, why? Because there is an intense, relentless focus on self. We live in the selfie age. Self is the flavor of the decade. Self is the latest fad. Everyone is into me. We hear statements like, I'm doing me. And many people applaud. <laughs> Even sometimes as Christians, we, we can jump on that bandwagon. Sometimes we can think to ourselves, man, I, I, I denied myself when I was a college student, but now I'm, I'm going to take me back. I'm doing me. It, it, it's, it's very popular in the age that we live in. However, the scriptures paint a very different picture of this selfie age. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, Paul said this, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Paul says that there are going to be terrible times in the last days. And, and he lists a, a number of innate sins that occupy the hearts of people. You notice the first one? You know what's the first thing he said? He said, people will be lovers of themselves. We live in terrible times because people are into themselves. They love themselves. They exalt themselves. They love their opinions. They love their ideologies. They love their self-identities. The Apostle Paul says, it's so bad, Christians must not even associate with such people. You know it's really bad when the Apostle Paul is saying, Look, don't, even, don't even be around such people. Why? Because they influence us. They can influence the whole course of our lives if we are around people that are self-consumed. There is no indication in this passage that self should be celebrated. 
what I get from this passage is that self-exaltation is not of God. It is of the devil. Paul also said this to the Galatian church. In Galatians 2 verses 19 to 20. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Paul said that when, when he, he, he met Christ, when he, he, he was confronted with, with Jesus, and that story is in, in the book of Acts, it's recorded three times, Paul says he came to a realization that there were things in his life, even though, even though he was intending to do good, he, he came to the realization that, that there were issues, areas of his life, things in his life, that were putting a wall, an impenetrable wall between him and Jesus. And Paul says he came to the realization that he had to give those things up. And he expresses it like this. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. And it's not like anybody forced Paul to crucify himself. He did it voluntarily. Why? Because he realized he had to lose himself in order to gain Jesus. And this idea of losing yourself in order to gain a relationship with Christ is a critical one to understand. So for me, my journey towards Christ began in 1988. And I met some people who invited me to study the Bible and I agreed to um, study the scriptures. And what, what really impressed me the most was that we were actually reading the Bible together. Um, and they were actually challenging me um, with the scriptures uh, about my life. And they were showing me um, through the scriptures who Jesus was. And I began to see things that I'd, I'd never really ever seen in my whole life, even though I grew up going to church. And as the studies progressed, I began to see some things about myself that I was completely aware, unaware of. Um, I, I built a life really centered around myself. Um, satisfying my sensual desires was a big, big part of my life. Um, I had a girlfriend that I was very close to, uh, but there were aspects about our relationship um, that were not very pleasing to God, in, in, not in the least. Um, and I saw that the, the life I had built for myself, un unbeknownst to me, I was also building this, um, this invisible, impenetrable wall, uh, a, a barrier um, uh, that stood between me and Jesus. Um, I did not realize that that was the, my spiritual condition. Um, and I learned that Christ would not really, he would not accept me if I did not deal with the sinful choices that I was making. Um, and I had to die. I had to die to the life that I constructed for myself. Uh, and then I, I, I kind of went into this valley of decision where I was like torn um, between what I was accustomed to, the, the, the life that I was living, uh, torn between that and, and, 
and the, the life that Christ was calling me to. Um, so I had a lot of fears. I mean, I, it was a roller coaster of emotions. I was concerned about what my family would think if I made this decision, what my friends would say. I mean, would I be looking like a Jesus freak? Um, uh, how my girlfriend would react? What would happen in our relationship? Um, how long would I be able to keep this up? I mean, can I, can I really live like this? I had all kinds of fears and, and back and forth. I went back and forth, back and forth. I'm trying to figure out if there was a way I could wiggle out of the situation, if I could, if I could negotiate a side deal here with Jesus or just figure something out. And one day I, I just, I was in the library kind of wrestling with some scriptures and I was like, why am I making this so difficult? There's no way around this. I had to make a decision. I would either choose me or choose Christ. And I chose Christ. I chose Christ. I repented of my sins and I was baptized for the forgiveness of my sins. I gave up the life I built because I I knew Christ would build a better life for me. <laughs> I, I'm just happy to say that that was the best decision of my life. Uh, this past year, I celebrated 26 years of marriage to my beautiful wife, Robin. I'm married to a godly spiritual woman who shares my spiritual dreams and values and who loves God way more than she loves me. Praise God. And this year, I, I will be 33 years in Christ. Um, and I tell you, there have been some, some tough days in those 33 years. But I will not trade one day to go back to the darkness that I was in. In the passage that we're studying this morning, Jesus asks an important question. In Matthew 16, verse 26, he says, What good would it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Have you ever wrestled with this question? And more importantly, are we still wrestling with this question? What would we give up in exchange for our soul? When we age as disciples, our values change. We face new and different challenges. And with those challenges come new and different temptations. We use different measuring yardsticks for our success. And we have to be careful because some of us might be losing our grip on Christ because we are chasing the things of this world. And we must be careful that in all of the things that we are pursuing, that we don't forfeit our soul. I think personally that we should maybe stop paying so much attention about on what we have and focus our attention or, or renew our attention, if you will, on who we have. I mean, we have Christ. Uh, we have the mind of Christ. We have the spirit of Christ in our hearts. 
We have the forgiveness of Christ. We have the promises of Christ. We have the hope of Christ. A hope that we can take to the grave with us and beyond. And you have to ask, what could be more valuable than that? But do we still value Christ before all else? You know, Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 11. He says, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes. To know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul said this. He said, look, I got, I got all these things going on in my life. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was completely immersed in the religious traditions of his ancestors. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He had, he had gained great acclamation and respect among his peers. By every metric, Paul was a success in his generation. Yet Paul says, I, I gave all these things up. He, he says... He says, I put all these things behind me so I could have a relationship with Jesus. I love it when he says, he says, I consider these things rubbish, rubbish, garbage. The things that I was once so proud of, I consider them now garbage. Don't you love what he said? He said, so I can gain Christ. He speaks of the surpassing worth. Of knowing Christ. Brothers and sisters, Christ holds the key to a great treasure of opportunity for those of us who believe. The question is, what are we doing with the opportunities that he gives us? Look, if you had one shot or one opportunity to be absolutely certain about your destination with Christ, to confront whatever doubts about where you stand with him so that if you were to die tomorrow, you would die knowing that you are right with God. If you had one shot, one opportunity to figure these things out, would you capture it or would you just let it slip? If you had one opportunity, one shot to make a difference in somebody's life, to, to help them get to know Christ, 
maybe a, a friend on your job or a neighbor or a relative or maybe your own children. If you had one up, if God gave you one shot to say something that will interest them, that will get their attention about their spiritual destination, would you capture it or would you just let it slip? If you had one shot or one opportunity to have a marriage that honors God, where you keep the vows that you made at the altar and you fight with everything that you have against those demonic forces that are pulling you apart and you allow God to bring you back together, what would you do with that opportunity? Would you capture it or would you just let it slip? You know, the key to the realization of all of our dreams that we that we hold dear to our hearts as Christians is that we continue to lose ourselves so that Christ can live through us. As we take the Lord's Supper, let's take a moment to think deeply about what Christ has done for us. He had an opportunity to bring fulfillment to a deep longing and yearning that God had. Jesus had one shot, an opportunity to swallow up death forever to destroy the shroud enfolding all nations and to remove the shame and disgrace from our souls did he let it slip no he gave up his life as a sacrificial offering so that we could live let's pray together father we thank you for christ's example we thank you for his sacrifice May you restore our hearts to you as we take this bread that represents Jesus' body and this fruit of the vine that represents his blood. May you help us to surrender our lives so that you can use us as your instruments on earth. Fill us, God, with gratitude for the sacrifice of your Son and give us willing hearts to lose ourselves for your sake. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.